Hi, I'm Peter, and you're listening to Defining Boundaries. Welcome back to Season 2. I hope that you enjoyed the past year of conversations from amazing people from around the world within our geospatial community. This year, I look forward to many more conversations, and I hope that you join me on my journey, surveying the world one story at a time. Head over to my Patreon site if you'd like to support the show. You can make a donation towards the purchase and upgrading of equipment, website subscription, and file hosting. If you'd like to join me to have a chat, or you have someone in particular from the industry that you'd like to hear about, send me a message. You'll find the link in the show notes or in my bio on all social media and my website, petercox.com. So if you're ready, let's go. Grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Today's a little different from my normal one-on-one with surveyors. I've brought a small group together today to discuss some of the shortfalls we're having in the industry at the moment. We're in a skills shortage. We're looking at how we can promote the industry and get qualified people to fill these gaps. I've been working with high schools to incorporate surveying mass into the curriculum, uh, working on iSTEM for surveying as an elective, working with careers, industry days, social media, trying to get across all the different areas that we can promote our industry. There's also a major focus on getting women into the industry. Why? Because surveying is not just a profession for the men. So this is where my guests come in today. Uh, We are talking about different things within the industry. So not just women, but I wanted to touch on that because there was an article that I saw uh, a few weeks ago about schoolgirls in construction not being respected. So we touch a little bit on that. We talk about unconscious bias, um, how we deal with things, how we manage things. It's just an overall discussion about our industry and how we can make impact, how we can tell our stories, how we can tap into the market, how we can actually get people to understand what surveying is, what there is to do in our industry and reaching community to be able to bring people into the industry, I guess. It's it's such a big passion for me. So I want to look at our role models, how we can tell our stories, what the ladies think about, about the industry in general, and what we can do working together to bring surveying and spatial to work together. Let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's try and work together and do something good for our industry. I think that's where I'm at with this. This is where my guests come in. Today, I have Elaine Ball from Elaine Ball Limited, geospatial marketer and co-founder of Get Kids Into Survey. Kelly Hassab, director, New South Wales manager, registered planner at Beverage Williams and Kelly Dean, regional manager at Ferris, who was the first woman to become president of the Institution of Surveyors Victoria, now a board member, Triple S DLN convener, spatial and Surveying Diversity Leadership Network, bit of a mouthful, and recently crowned Professional of the Year at the Asia-Pacific Spatial Excellence Awards. These ladies have forged careers in our profession and are advocates for our industry. They are passionate about making a difference and improving our profession on all levels. In recent times, there has been a lot of discussion about females working or carving out a career in a male-dominated industries, about inclusion and diversity within the workforce. 
On social media, I follow surveyors, engineers, chippies, mechanics, truck drivers, construction, and mining workers, all women who post about the awesome and amazing projects they work on every day. What I also see is the bias towards them from keyboard warriors telling them to get back in the kitchen, go and do a girl's job, stay out of their industry. I will admit that it is the minority that this comes from and that the support that we get and most of the ladies that I know in a male-dominated industries feel nothing but support and inclusion from their male co-workers and counterparts. I have seen articles posted on LinkedIn about school leavers not wanting to enter the construction industry due to it being male-dominated and their impression of not being respected. These types of issues are being discussed every day, but what is actually being done about it? With that being said, welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I have one question. What is a chippy? A carpenter, <laughs> a builder, a chippy. Yeah, they chip Ooh, away. Like they chip away at timber. Chippies. Oh, I've <laughs> heard of that one. <laughs> you um, love these, you. <laughs> I know us Aussies. Yeah, I know. Look, okay, so ladies, I I got you all in here today so that we could have a little discussion, and we've had a little bit of a chat offline, and now we're online. We've all had very very positive positive influences across our careers. Um, What I want to just try and get across today is that what can we do for our industry, what you are doing already for our industry and how we can move forward. I think everybody talks about doing things, but there always just seems to these things just keep going. I think the first one (laughs) me to, to chip in not a chippy, but chipping in, um, is the influencers. So we've got quite a few people on social media who are sort of carved out sort of their own sort of branding and what mm-hmm. they're doing. Mm-hmm. Robert Martin being one of them, surveying with Robert. Yeah. Um, Farah, um, I think she's changed her name a couple of times on, on Instagram. Yeah, Lady Land Surveyor. Lady Lancet Surveyor, yeah. And then you've mm. got Slugsy 100 down in South Africa, you know, and they've carved out these little areas of what they love mm-hmm. and then everybody starts following them. I mean, I think Slugsy, mm. um, this is, he's got the best name ever for a surveyor. He's called Land. Land. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So but he's got like over 12,000 followers and he's very much construction-based. Um, but um, it's really good. And it's, it's, this is starting to snowball. Mm-hmm. the more and more it's happening the more and more it'll just gain traction and it's like it's encouraging that and it's it's carving out little niches little brand niches for each of these people mm. so you sit there and and you know there's some people who use social media and some people don't and of course I do um, I'm on Instagram I put stuff on LinkedIn I know I've got you know Kel and Kelly here who use LinkedIn more mm-hmm. so than anything else um and I find that they're two really different platforms to use. Mm. So I've sort of gone, like I do both because I can see the benefit. And for me, um, we all know I love my industry. I'm so passionate about our industry. Um, I have no bias to anybody coming into the industry. I would like to encourage anybody. I don't care who you are. Um, it is you know, some people are suited, some people aren't. But for me, using social media is just getting getting the word out there that this is a great career. 
Um, yes, I do push women in industry because, you know, all of us here are, shall I say, middle-aged. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yes. No, you are. You are. You, you, you're there enough. No, but honestly, we've had good careers so far in within our industries that um, when we started, there was probably less females than there are now. And it is a job that we are capable of doing. Um, and, and and things are changing with technology as well. So, how did you all get into the profession? Where did you all start? Kel, you go. I um I did a surveying degree at Newcastle Uni, and um, I just <laughs> fell into the uh, profession <laughs> basically. With uh, I was at a rugby match, and um, John Fryer, who was a professor, at, he was looking at increasing the number of women. And I was doing teaching at the time. And so I knew him through, you know, a friend. And so that's how I got involved. But I started working with a local firm, surveying firm in Newcastle and really enjoyed, you know, the land development side. Worked in mm. the field, for, but not, not for very long. Um, but, yeah, worked out that I liked project management and subdivision design and looking after, you know, and communicating with the clients. I enjoyed yeah. that. So that's how I got it. But I, I worked full-time and worked part-time. And, yeah, so I really enjoyed it, um, but I just fell into it. When I was at uh, uni, I think there might have been three or four women. Um, mm. So, yeah, there was a definite push from John Fryer in the 90s, that would have been, mm. uh, to get more more women. He was a great advocate. Um, yeah. yeah. Kelly? I wanted to do a mix of science and engineering <laughs> at uni and I found the geomatic engineering course at the University of Melbourne. So I thought that that would be a really good mix and it turned out that it actually was a really good mix of um, engineering and science. And, um, yeah, I just loved all of the spatial science in the course and really enjoyed that and um, then came back to Melbourne with not a huge amount of money after travelling around Europe and doing my final <laughs> project in Germany so uh, I started working for a, a firm who specialized in cadastral surveying and uh, you know got my license there pretty quickly and and just progressed from there and I'm the same as Kelly I really liked working with the clients and advising them on their land dealings and what they could do with land and what they couldn't do with land um, mm -hmm. and really just went from there yeah and well I fell into it too started nursing and and gave that up and had a baby and then needed to get something behind me a career some some kind of trade and it was nursing or landscaping and nurse uh surveying uh, sorry surveying or landscaping and surveying was two years full time so that's mm. yeah that's how I fell into it and then of course Elaine you've got your dad so you're not actually a surveyor, shall we say? I'm not a surveyor. No, <laughs> I'm sure everybody no. knows you anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a surveyor. But no, my dad, he mm. never pushed me into it because all I wanted to do when I finished school was train horses. So he mm. sent me up, shipped me off to the States and I was in, the, in Texas. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh -huh. And then came back, had no money. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> keep it the hobby. So, and we were in Aberdeen. So my dad's office is in Aberdeen. In Scotland and just I said we'll go and start temping go and do a I did a secretary course and he says you can always fall back on like business studies and secretary stuff so I learned to type and shorthand I wish I'd kept shorthand up because it was yeah. ace 
um, and started just doing temping for oil companies. And then there was a position at my dad's company um, and it sort of went from there, but he never pushed me into it. Mm. Um, it was never a push. And then it, I just thought, this is really good. And it was really diverse because it was mining and then you were oil and gas marine. Um, so it was a complete different load of people. So it was, I just love it. And I like people. So yeah. I think that's that where we probably all stand there as we, well, I like people, but I don't like people. So. <laughs> <laughs> Work that one yeah. out. <laughs> but yeah. So I, what I, so what, what I wanted to try and cover tonight was, um, first of all, we need, we're in a skill shortage, right? So we need people. Um, and I know that each of you kind of do different things to try and encourage people in on different, different things. Like Elaine has the get kids into survey and then she's working with other people that are doing higher levels, um, in, in the high schools, I'm doing stuff in high schools, um, you know, Kelly's looking at all, all the different things about how to get inclusion and um, diversity and coming up with them. Um, is that through Triple SI, Kelly? That stuff? That's through the Triple SDLN, you know, yeah. the really big mouthful. So <laughs> we'll just call it Triple SDLN because it's yeah. Spatial and Surveying Diversity yeah. Leadership Network. Yeah. So I know that you've been working on that kind of stuff for a long time and 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 for Kel as well, it's 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 always been you know we don't we don't want to um, we don't want to bag anyone. We just want to to get it out there that this is an industry that we we can all do. Um, what I just try and do is just lead by example. You know, just mm. be out there. You know, not be not hold yourself back like you know I, I enjoy networking I enjoy being part of the profession mm -hmm. and so I have pushed myself to be part of the institution when I was you know a young surveyor with a baby that I used to take to <laughs> you know executive um, meetings in you know 20 years ago um, and then that and that that's probably what how what I've done I've just always been involved in the profession um, and so, and then any opportunity that I get to encourage women or, you know, just by sharing my story or, you know, it's not always overt. I, I just struggle a little bit with that. Yes. Like what we were talking before. Mm -hmm. I just think, and look, I, I think I like, I mean, I've been around men, you know, in, in, on the board, number of boards and they've been so um, supportive and accommodating mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and and respectful really and I think women can just add a different dimension a different thought process you know we add a different perspective whether it's in the field or in the boardroom or in a staff meeting or being you know the leader or the manager mm. it's and, and it's funny you say that because I know that plenty of plenty of the guys that I speak to say exactly the same thing that who when when they have worked with female surveyors um that the different perspective, the freshness, the, you know, hang on a minute, let's step back, problem solve it a bit more instead of gung-ho getting in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah. think that's true with, like, businesses because my dad was very much, we encouraged, we had every different nationality at oh. MDL, oh. you know, and it doesn't matter if they were male or female, you know, it, they were from all over the place and it would bring a whole different perspective on thoughts, you know, from our R&D engineers. 
yeah or production engineers and you're like thinking oh I never thought about it that way you know and, and I think that's one thing my dad always encouraged me and he used to always say to me as well you can do anything you put your mind to just do it yes you know and I was really surprised because at 27 when I became managing director which I'm scared to death <laughs> um and I went down to the institute of directors in London to do my director's courses and I was really surprised that I sat on the board, like there was a boardroom in Pall Mall with 16 people around this board. And they, there was like FTSE 100 companies in there. There was like the HR director for the BBC and there's all these peoples, but everybody kept asking me questions because I had such a diverse background mm-hmm. of different things and got my fingers in all these pies and they were all very much stuck in one area. And they were really inquisitive and like, why do you do that? And how do you do that? And I, I was really shocked. I thought, People in big companies were like, knew everything. <laughs> what they were doing, and they were, and, and I was just, and they were asking me my advice about, well, how do you go about doing, you know, oh. setting up a new business or, you know, a new a new franchise or whatever. And I was, I was really surprised actually. Mm. Um, but I think that goes back to the leadership of your business and how much they encourage the different diverse diversity and you know females males and wherever they're from in the in the world and age age as well yeah diversity is just not male or female it's age yeah as you say um backgrounds and yeah it's good because it was never an issue you know having Mm. females in the business or you know we it never was brought up I mean my mentor was my dad and all the board members the guys (laughs) we're just like get on with it Elaine you're fine just do it yeah, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think that I think that goes for all of us. I mean, I remember Kelly saying, you know, about mentors and all that sort of stuff. And, and we all pretty much have had male mentors because really, I mean, even now when you look at the percentages, we're between three and four percent of licensed female surveyors mm. in Australia. Um, you know, and and they're the ones that more commonly sort of work their way up the ladder and sort of sit higher, whereas the technical surveyors, I mean, I don't even know how many technical surveyors we have in Australia, females, because we have no list. Mm. We have no idea. I think, you know, there is more. I know there's more, but still percentage-wise, we're still really low. So that that mentoring and and stuff is the males that we had supporting us. Females generally are lack confidence. I remember at school, you know, I mean, this is generalizing quite a bit here, but generally women lack confidence and they need the support to do something. Whereas a man would go for a job, even though he knew he wasn't qualified. You know, in the old days, that was how it was. So I looked up a lady, I got this book called um, uh, Coaching Women to Lead by Avril Lamont. I interviewed her. She's, she was top 10, got top 10 coaches in the UK. She's, I think her, she's a psychologist or NLP master practitioner, one or the other. She's absolutely in, really interesting lady to, to watch. And I bought her book for the women in the business, gen, you know, generally mm-hmm. to like, to look at the different things on how to make, help them just grow it in themselves. Cause they had the skill sets, but it was like encouraging them to do something. And I think that's just, that's just stems back from decades and decades though, isn't it? I mean, we were talking about it offline earlier, you know, in the 50s and 60s. I think Kelly, you were saying about that, that article, um, you know, was it, was it the fifties or something that they were still hiring? They were the kids out of school were the guys, weren't they? Cause that was how it used to be in the old days. 
Yeah, so this was an article from the 1960s and it was actively promoting that boys only join the surveying profession to, to um, yeah, be a part of it. Yeah. So I, I think the I think the point there is that, and you were talking about this, Elaine, is that we've not disrupted that stereotype that has existed for a while now. We've not yeah. successfully disrupted it enough so that um, our society looks at our profession and this is what started the whole conversation, Peter, was that conversation around con- the construction, construction industry not mm-hmm. being viewed as a place where women would want to go and work. So And be respected, I think, was the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've not been successful enough no. as people marketing our profession Mm-hmm. to disrupt that bias that has existed since the 1960s and previous to the 1960s. So um, we're not encouraging um, a diverse workforce of people to become new entrants into our profession of surveying. And so I know we've been doing things about it, but how, I mean, this is this is the thing that gets me is that uh, there's everybody is talking about this and it's not just our industry um right. you know there's uh, there's other industries that are exactly the same and how do we change it how do we support it how do we change it that's that's my big thing that everybody talks about all these things and you know and it goes past just talking about you know getting women into the industry uh, it, it it's about everything about our industry and our business and making change and you know, the, the wages and what you charge and all that kind of stuff. Everybody at the education, <laughs> everybody talks about it, but nobody, like, it, just taking that extra step to actually make change. Yeah. That's, think, that's, think, that's where yeah. I'm at now, that we, we need to make change. Stop talking know. about it. But what do I we do? We, I think we are doing things. It's just going to take some time, like mm-hmm. with the task force, with, um, you know, like mm. what I was saying before, that consulting surveyors are looking at, you know, engaging with a marketing company. Like, I mean, and traditionally surveyors are just generally insular and they just head down, yeah. bum up, you know, work, work, work and not thinking maybe about the future. I don't know. Or they, they're just sort of generally unassuming people. I mean, I'm totally generalising, I know, but historically they've just have, haven't had to do that. But they, but that also, Kel comes. I think comes down to um, at one stage. Now I don't know if this is all states. Wasn't in New South Wales they weren't actually allowed to advertise. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there, there's there, there's all these different things in place that I think kind of have led to it. That yeah, that that we're we're all a bit. Um, you know, us coming through are, are, are taking on social media and advertising more and showing what we do and all that kind of stuff. And and some of the bigger companies are doing all this amazing advertising and marketing and all that kind of stuff. There is still a lot of them who aren't on LinkedIn, aren't on social media, right. just go out and do their job and that's it kind of thing and, and have nothing to do with the whole yeah. industry sort of thing. They do their little niche job and that's it. Yeah, but then you're also seeing some of those companies that aren't moving with the time, you know, they've got their principles that are, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately haven't got a saleable business and they're yes. closing the door and you're losing this history of, mm. you know, and this sadness of, you know, a 60, 70-year-old surveyor 
who's worked forever and just yeah. is closing it because they haven't focused on moving and adapting, which is really mm -hmm. sad. You know, that's a sad thing for our profession. Um, I think what we're doing is, is, is we're talking and communicating and um, putting, you know, it, but it's going to take time, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so. Mm. I think with, like, I was at Geo Business the other week and I'm working close with Alison Watson, um, who's got the yes. survey curriculum in schools, so mm -hmm. teenage level. Um, she's now expanded that. I can't remember how many schools she's got in the UK. It's like 90 schools they've got it in. And then she's expanded out. She's got quite a lot in Dubai, actually. Dubai and sort of the... Uh, One in Western Australia. Yes. Um, mm. And now she's working with the States as well to get it in there. So she's been actively doing it. And the challenges that she faces just with, just with the education sector, you know, is unbelievable. But so I'm working with her. She's actively doing it. And I'm like backing her up. She's, you know, she's gung ho. Let's get on with it. Then people like Newcastle University in England, they've got geospatial, what's it called now? Geospatial UK. Or I can't remember the name of the thing, but they're, it's all the universities that bringing all the universities together to work on it. And I think as well, like you guys are doing so much in Australia and the same with the States. And I think it's communicating to each of the areas all around the world because it's a small network, really. Mm -hmm. And communicate and cross-fertilizing what everybody's doing, not just doing it in, in a silo because they're all silos. Yeah. yeah. Actually crossing over and sharing stuff. Um, and I think that is key for moving forward with communicating it then to everybody, to the mm -hmm. general Joe blogs. Mm. yeah I agree so Kelly how does this um bring in with your SSS deal and is that right <laughs> I'm gonna get it wrong every time with with what you're doing with all of that because I know that you've been advocating for all of this kind of stuff for a long time um how yeah. does all of that fit into what we're sort of talking about so I actually think that we need two different levels of communication one mm -hmm. to the general public and yep. to the society about how fantastic the career and the work that we do is mm -hmm. and then I think the other piece is some of the stuff that we're doing with triple SDLN is mm -hmm. how do when we get all these amazing new entrants coming into the profession how do we then support them and make it an inclusive place where all of those people can belong so I actually do think it's a two-tiered system that we need to do and that's when we will see the most change is mm -hmm. when we're being really successful with our messaging to our market, which is society and community, yep. but also when we're understanding internally what our unconscious bias is, mm -hmm. how to disrupt that to create a um, an internal culture within surveying space and spatial so that people actually want to be part of us, want to stay and feel that they belong so they can do amazing work. And, mm. Kelly, that's what you were talking about is, um, you know, those surveying firms that are closing. Mm. We're going to be disrupted by so many things moving forwards with respect to digital um, mm. technologies that are coming on board. We need a really good, diverse culture and a, a really diverse group of people within our profession so that we can innovate mm. because the, the research has shown that diverse teams actually allow you to innovate more. 
Mm. So to to be able to be still really relevant in our society as we move further into the digital age that we're coming into um, and to be vital for our society, we do need a really diverse workforce and a diverse cohort Mm. of people who are all working together to achieve the same goals. Mm. That's so true because I know that we always say that, you know, community, the community as a whole don't really understand what surveying is or what it's needed for. Um, So there is that education that needs to happen and that's where we sort of come out with, you know, the marketing stuff and, 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 and and not just land surveying. I think we need to, the broader picture of surveying and what there is in surveying the different areas that we work in, the importance of what we actually do, not just a boundary, but so much, it's so much more than that now. And with all, as you said, the technology and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, there is those two kind of different areas and they do overlap, of course, but yeah, I think it's, but I think it's also even within our profession, we need an elevator pitch because even if you yes. public <laughs> ask you what does a surveyor do, like, oh, oh, how do I answer that? Or, you know, so it is, so it's an education of our own. Do you know, it's, it, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I was talking to at the Careers Day last week uh, with a dad and his son and I'm talking about all these amazing things that surveyors do and you know I'm selling it big time and he goes what do you love about surveying and I went hey, uh, um, mm, um, <laughs> I'm going didn't I just tell you everything about it that <laughs> I love everything <laughs> but yeah it was like well you know yes no I do I love being outdoors and I love this and like he's me sitting in an office now but but yeah it was like no well actually yeah no look I do um it was working outside and going to different places and doing different things and but yeah it was like I got stuck yeah. at that at what what, what do, do you do yeah, what do we do what what do you love about it and I mean Michelle said that to me before you need to know your story yeah. and you know, sometimes I do and I was just so caught up in the moment about all these things that we could do, selling, surveying as a whole, that when he said, what about you? I just went, oh, my God. Um, I, yeah, I, I was tongue-tied. I'm just saying everything. <laughs> and I just went, oh, God, brick wall. That's how I felt because, yeah, you, you're right, the elevator pitch. Mm. It's interesting, though, because, like, with cause, because we, my dad was – a designer I mean it was a surveyor first and then designer second you know we'd come up with tools to solve problems um and we came up with the cavity scanner for Kalgoorlie super pit that's where it started the mm. cavity scanner started was they had this problem of all these voids <laughs> in the super pit and it's like uh where do we find them and how deep are they and how big are they and where are they positioned so that's they started that product because of Kalgoorlie um and it was just ace. My, but my dad, you see, he's so entrepreneurial. We'd produce products that were way ahead of its time. I mean, the fan beam collision avoidance system for the marine side, that didn't sell anything for about five or six years because it was just too new. Mm. Um, and then it brought out the G2S, the G2S surveyor, which is really interesting now because it's just come out. So the G2S surveyor was a head-mounted laser system that you'd put on your head, you'd look where you're going, and it'd measure from your eye to that point point that you're looking at 
now what you can see is the head mounted system with the goggles and all sorts of coming out. And I'm just like, he, he wrote that. He actually drew that on the back of a napkin in 98. Mm. So, so from a, from a, a cool perspective, it was always really trendy. Whereas I find now generally, and my dad goes, has a go at everybody when we go to show, he still goes to shows now. It's hilarious and gives them sticks. because He doesn't think they're innovative <laughs> enough. They're not coming out fast enough, but that's because dad was already 10 years down the line anyways and stuff. But that's what I like about, you know, the geospatial profession as a whole. And then looking at the things and what are people are doing, that's exciting. It's like, how can you speed it up and make it more efficient? And yeah. So. That is really exciting. And there are so many good news stories out there. But what we're actually mm-hmm. not good at is sharing those stories and telling them to mm-hmm. lots of different people. So it is something that we do need to get better at. And, and I think social media is Mm. a key platform for us there and if more people like your dad can share those amazing stories that he's got I think we'll go on to his LinkedIn profile it's hilarious (laughs) because every so often he's retired supposedly but he has his spurts where he finds a load of pictures and I think about six months ago in lockdown he was suddenly started posting (laughs) every day and that's where Dave Dave Ipping was on there and he's like oh my god your dad's so cool I was like oh my god it's embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so but this is this is why I'm in what I do because when we're at MDL I was and where I became the MD and I was always trying to find people to come to help me grow because I was very conscious of being in the family bubble mm. and not bringing new thought and stuff out so I was always on training courses these take the mickey out of me the whole time because I'd bring a book back I remember I was in um position partners in melbourne and they were they had this book called the energy bus and um she the, the lady there was like you've got to get this book so i bought like 50 books and i was distributing <laughs> through the company about the energy bus and it's just crazy things like that you know so um yeah yeah well, a little bit there but yeah crazy <laughs> crazy yeah no. okay so so we talk about you know um, how we're going to get it out there and all that sort of stuff, and I, I guess, I, I guess the thing is, and we talk about um, you know our skill sets and and things like that. How how do we get out to the community and to the people in schools and all that sort of stuff about about yeah okay what we do, but how your different skill sets could be useful in our industry, and and you know and of course I'm always thinking about the females. Um, but as a whole, we need surveyors. How, how do we go about recognising different people's skill sets? Because for me, it's always they're always talking about three-unit mass physics or all that kind of stuff. And, well, I didn't do three-unit mass. I didn't do physics. I could have gone on to university and got my degree in surveying if I wanted to, but I chose not to. Mm. So are we focusing too much on the wrong people to get people into industry because there's so many different areas your geography your 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 lower mass you know people in PE outdoors Mm. do we need to try and widen that picture a bit more to bring people in I think there's definitely too much focus on on the subject and not on the personality Mm -hmm. because I was rubbish at school I mean I failed my GCC maths and English first time round I had to redo them (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know I'm not a surveyor, but I've ended up doing loads more stuff, advanced stuff. I did, you know, 
so but because I'm interested in it yes I like it and I mm-hmm. think maybe that's one of the areas we're going wrong there's a very much here it's like it's geography and and now there's a big thing about well we need to push the math side if they'd said that to me I'd be like oh no sorry I don't like maths mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe it's the good they are going down the wrong route of the subject and not on the you know what it what, what it, it can do yeah because I know yeah. I think I well I think I sold it to a young lady on Thursday when I was at the careers thing because she was like oh surveying what's surveying and I kind of you know started to speak to her and about you know what you could do and where it could take you and all that kind of stuff and um you know, started talking about subjects and she was like, oh, oh, and I'm going, that's okay. There's different ways, you know, and I went, I don't, I didn't and I don't and I've had a great career sort of thing. And she was like, oh, oh, okay. So I, I don't know whether the story is getting told wrong at that level. No, it's a fairly outdated story, isn't it? It was mm. sort of like when we were doing our HSC or year 12 final year it was the be all and end all and if you failed that you know your life was going to be crap (laughs) Um, now I think that's different there's so many different pathways to actually get to where you want to get and and people mature at different times Mm. I think you're right in terms it's more personality and it's about a passion really yes I mean you can do anything once you find uh, the love and the joy of you know what what you're doing so I think it's all in the telling of the story and I think Mm. probably the careers advisors at school you know are maybe out of date and and don't if it's not on their radar I mean actually I don't even know how career advisors would be advising now there's so many different jobs that we've got no idea about um, I've got True. a daughter in year 12 like I'm I'm like I don't know like just <laughs> do the best you can and see what's out there you know that's really whereas mm. when we were at school it was like well you're either a teacher or you know a doctor yeah, a you're a nurse. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean honestly that's right <laughs> me. Yeah. That yeah. Was me. so yeah. it's it is in the storytelling I think I'll tell you what was interesting. Um, I was chatting to a university about careers advisors and they don't even have a list of career advisors. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do you promote your degrees there? And they were like, we don't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so you're not actually influencing the careers advisors and you could have access to a database of career advisors. Mm. So I was quite shocked when I heard that from one university. Yeah, well... I was a bit shocked the other day when I was told that um, the university in South Australia was not running surveying anymore. They didn't get enough students. But, I mean, you look at the the marks that they're supposed to get as well. You know, UNSW is 90 plus. Mm. Newcastle's 89 or 87 plus. Mm. The others around the 75. That's a pretty high mark when you think about it and you know we're desperate for licensed and registered surveyors yeah and and also you wonder like these last two years the kid at least two years with COVID the kids at school it's been so challenging for them Mm -hmm. whether they're really going to achieve those marks now 
Mm, um, yeah. So does that mean where there's going to be another lag, you know, yeah. of what's happened, remote learning? Some kids are doing, doing well, others have just lost it yep. and not interested. So to get a 90 mm-hmm. would be tough. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's like down in Victoria, Kelly, is like because um, there's only, is it RMIT is the only place now that, that does the, degree in surveying or whatever it's called now they keep changing them don't they (laughs) (laughs) yeah they do keep changing the names but melbourne uni does still a surveying course as well oh they do do they yeah yeah so they do their melbourne model so you do i think it's uh three years in a generic degree whatever you choose and then you do two years as a master and you can do that masters in um surveying or spatial science whatever it's called Oh, so but it's a five-year degree. Yep. Wow. Wow. And then and then you've got your licensing on top of that. Yes. Which (laughs) should I be talking about this? (laughs) The licensing sort of kind of takes a long time down there as well, doesn't it? It does. Is my understanding. Sorry, I should say is my understanding. I won't I won't (laughs) throw anything out. (laughs) Yeah. So why would they? Yeah, it's a big commitment, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, but as you say, Peter, there are other other ways to mm. enter into surveying, so that, that's good news. And mm. the other thing um, as well is people are going to change careers so often. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to get people from other areas that we haven't even considered before. They're mm. not all going to be university people coming out of a set surveying degree that come into our profession now. So... I think that's going to be a big difference and that's where those really good impact stories and the stories that really show what it's all about are going to make a massive difference. Actually, that's interesting. That That is an untapped market then, isn't it? Because we, mm-hmm. I often assume, oh, we're going to lose people because people aren't committing to the one career for the rest of their lives. We can actually, if we tell the right story, we can mm. benefit from that career change. You know, yep. from someone that yeah. yeah is wanting a change in their thirties, or um, yeah, that's a great great point. I know when I was at you know when I was teaching at TAFE, quite often I had those thirty to late forties who were either you know chefs or builders or that kind of stuff that were coming in to get their diploma because they wanted a career change. So it it. It's been happening for a while, but, yeah. Mm. Because the way that we um, deliver things now is going to be completely different. You look at all of the fully digital things that we're delivering, digital twins, Mm. uh, data management, all that, you know, data ownership, all those businesses who need to use geospatial data for their business operations. we, we are going to have a huge market and a different market to what we've ever seen before. So we actually need to pivot um, pretty quickly mm-hmm. and look to the new market that we have and get different people with different skill sets to come and help us deliver that. So do you think that that's an issue in surveying, pivoting? I mean, I know there's some companies that, are doing that, that do do that, but I think there's still a lot that don't. Mm. 
Yeah, mm. but that's how that's how markets form, <laughs> isn't it? That's how businesses change, Grow, adapt change. Yeah. It's a pretty natural thing. Well, it is. But I also think that there's a lot who <clears throat> you're a surveyor mm. and surveying is surveying. Yet with all of the technology that we have now, surveying is not just our little. No. Our, and I our think little... those firms are finding it hard to attract staff because, mm. you know, the, this um, they, they want to innovate and they want to use, you know, the latest technology and. So I think they probably, yeah, they, they're limiting their life. Mm. They're not embracing change. Um, so that, that's, that's the challenge for mm. them. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons as well why I've pivoted my business from doing. I started off doing workshops and consultancy, went into agency work where I was doing the service for surveying firms and also geospatial technology companies mm. and now right back now I sell courses on how to market because I was finding that I can do the fishing for them and give them a fish but then they weren't learning anything yeah mm. <laughs> they've got I mean you know what I mean I mean that's probably a bit horrible for the guys that I've had as customers because they've actually done really well but the whole point of it is that how can I I want to up-level the entire industry, the professional the industry from a geospatial perspective. How do I up-level that? My mission is to up-level it. Rah. How do I do that? Well, I need to teach them how to fish. Mm. I need to show them the skills and the tools that they can do it to improve themselves. And hopefully then those little golden nuggets will sink in and then they start doing it in their own areas. Mm. I think that's, you know, from my perspective, that's what how I, how I can put a stamp on things, go, right, guys, here is the toolkit. It's used, it's proven, use it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I know you've had some big companies and stuff as well, but you've now got a lot of smaller companies that are starting to, yeah. to put this into place. And you can actually see the difference in the ones that are actually implementing those sort of things and the difference, the, the different outlook that they get on their business. Yeah. But also they and, can't believe it. They're like, this works. This, <laughs> this one area that I'm... Mm. I've been battling and now it uh, it's great. And it's like, yeah, and you've done it. Yeah. You've put that in place. Not somebody mm. else, you've done it. And then they start to grow and they start to then gain traction. And they're like, right, I can hire that second person now or I can yeah, do this right. now. Right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that comes back to telling a story, doesn't it? It does. Really? No yeah. matter whether you're trying to sell uh, w- what you're doing in your business or we're trying to sell our yeah. industry, our profession. We are. We're trying to sell yeah. our brand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, how? yeah, how do we go about it? How this do we get it out there? That's why, not- you know, we get kids into survey. I mean, it just starts off as a whim. It was just something fun that we could, you know, because marketing can be very creative and that's where it all stemmed for. It used to be the mm. colouring in department they used to call me. Colouring in department. I'm not the colouring in department, but it's like it's strategic, really. It's sales yeah. and, and promotion. And um, it's going back to, you know, from the Get Kids perspective, we got really creative with it. And it's like, yeah. how can we really grow this? And it's just grown legs and it's running around the world. It's and But it's yeah. consolidating, bringing people together. And I think... You know, anybody that's doing anything like similar to us, I'm like, come and join us. Let's just all join together because it's all spreading the word. 
It's like the the brand ambassadors. That is growing because they're marketing at a local level, not just the sponsors who are doing it from the big picture perspective, but the guys. I mean, I've got guys all over the place. I've got guys in Nigeria and Morocco, and it's like you'd never get a message in those areas about surveying from a sponsor perspective. Mm. But these brand ambassadors are doing that. Yeah. Maybe that's something that we need to think about as promoting the profession. We have brand oh. ambassadors yeah. in the profession. Then, you know, it's a, it's crossover, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and there's there's two things to that. And one of them for me is that um, Kent from the Geoholics went and spoke at a school a few weeks ago and he did a talk to some kids and then he was speaking to them afterwards and he's like, you know, oh, you know, what did you think, you know, what do I need to change, you know, speaking to the, the, the younger kids and, well, you know, high school kids sort of thing. And they pretty much turned around and said, well, yeah, yeah, no, it was fine, but um, what does a surveyor do? We want to see TikToks a day in the life of the surveyor. And that's, that's where they were at. Yeah, TikTok. About that. TikTok. I can just see some of the older surveyors. <laughs> That'd be really funny. I'd love it. Well, I've got kids who are right in that age bracket. Yeah. 13 and yes. 11 year old. Yeah. They are they are absolutely sponges at the minute and they need to know, they need to work out in a couple of years what they're going to do yeah. as yeah. their first career. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they are absolutely our demographic that we need to hit right now with this and I actually think how obsessed my kids are with TikTok yes I think it is actually a good (laughs) idea can your brand ambassadors do that Elaine do TikToks for a day some of of them do some 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 (laughs) of them do already but it's about how how do we get it on like Okay, so they're all doing their individual thing. We need to kind of bring them all together to go. How do we how do we get it out there to that age group? Because you've also you've got this TikTok platform, but you've also got these different areas. You know, are you in the over forties area, or are you in the gaming area, or the animal area, or you know, there's all these different. <laughs> so how do we get this? This life, you know, day in the life of a surveyor and all these cool toys and technology. How do we get it down to the to that age group? That's what they asked me the same question on the mentoring Mondays a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yeah. What I was, what we use for get kids survey. Now we heavily use Instagram and LinkedIn, of course, LinkedIn from the from the profession perspective, but Instagram generally for the wider public. Um, And that's Instagram is not. Yeah, it's, it's not. I, I, it's I, too old. Yeah, but it's it changing again, though. It's changing again. And they said about the, the and I had the conversation with Erin the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, now Erin is twenty three years old, and I said, right, we need to think about. T- we need to look into it a little bit more and how we can capitalize on it. And I know that a couple of guys like Robert Martin's had a play with it, um, but it's like it's thinking up a strategy for it, how we can use it um, to tap into that age group. Yeah how we're going to do it definitely mm. I don't know the TikTok strategy yeah <laughs> yeah okay. okay tick I'm just writing that down yeah I'll, I'll talk to Michelle about that at consulting surveyors that could be part of the uh the marketing strategy 
different look, levels. Yeah. yeah. We've got different audiences, so we need to have a yeah. different strategy for the different areas that mm. we're and I suppose what marketing is, you're identifying a problem and coming up with a plan to address mm. the problem. And yep. um, so it's, uh, but also that's fun. Like people yes. yeah. need to have fun. Yeah. And, you know, whether, you, I mean, you could have competitions <laughs> where people. <laughs> have you like, seen my, my Instagram? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I do the stupidest things on there. <laughs> oh, and that's good. Like people, are, you, you want to be joyful. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. when uh, people have a bit of a belly laugh. I mean, how yeah. is that? No, that's right. And I guess so. So, so that's the you know we've got to work out how we hit those those demographics. Other thing that absolutely gets my goat up is we're a small industry. Yeah, tiny, and we have so many different. <laughs> institutions associations <laughs> you name it you name it we've got it and you know within australia in america i don't know much about what's going on in england but you know there's we're all trying to do the same thing let's but pull also together. very much siloed there's quite yeah, a lot of siloed we're, we're all going through across the world we're all going through the same things mm. I speak to these different people in these different countries and we are all going through exactly the same things mm. and we're all trying to work out how to fix it mm. by ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So are you suggesting to create another organisation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that'll work. No, 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 but why can't, why can't we just actually come together and work together, just work together? Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be one one association or one institution or one whatever they have over. Like, to me, we need to work together mm. for our industry, for our profession. Mm. I, I don't know. I it just it's something that just gets me. Is that it? And it's not just here. It's it's overseas as well. You see exactly the same things happening. Problem here. The, yeah, okay. the um, association here, it's all siloed. Mm. They don't like working with each other. Why? Why don't you want to work together? Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, that, that's yeah. what I just don't understand. That when we're all trying to 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 do the same thing, that we need to look at the bigger picture. When we all, everybody sits there and says, "We've got these issues. We're in a skills shortage. We want diversity. Mm-hmm. We want inclusion. We want all of these different things to happen. We need to get market more in this area and do this and do that." Yet everybody goes off and does their own thing, and there's all these. It, you're putting so many resources into the same thing. What mm-hmm. combine it and do something yeah. good, just mm-hmm. good. One, one or two things. I don't know. That's that's my point of view. <laughs> I've had my say. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right, though, and that's why. Like when Tim contacted me from NSPS, and he just sort of said, "These guys in the states." He sort of said, right, we were going to do something like what you've done, but we might as well join forces. And I'm like, brilliant, let's do it. Let's mm. go for it. And they're awesome. I mean, Tim's going off to Hexagon Live next week, or is it the week after next? And he's going to have a Get Kids and Survey stand there. You know, mm. they're running it. And actually, Hexagon have been amazing and they sponsored him to do it. So they're paying mm-hmm. for his cost. But it's brilliant. It's just like, let's get, let's spread it. I mean, I mean, 
the issue that I have now is that I am very much focused on the profession and surveyors because people say to me how many schools have you got it into and I'm like well I don't really directly go to schools because I don't I'm not in there I'm not in that industry at all I mean mm. you know the, the survey profession the geospatial industry that's another level altogether you know you know when we were just earlier just talking about TikTok it's like scratching my head I mean you know we could do with 13 year old children talking about surveying not not 40 year old <laughs> guys talking about surveying or girls but <laughs> it's the same it's the same but I think you're right it's it's spreading it's joining forces and like the guys that you know droney um what's his name um what's his name uh the drone guys karen um oh shame swiss yeah karen and, yeah, shame and paul yeah mm. yeah brilliant they're brilliant so i'm mm. like and every time somebody talks about it i'm like oh have you heard about these guys or you mm. know because they've got that book out and stuff like that and it's just stuff like that and the guys in germany they've got a book out some wrote, some guy some lady wrote a book on um it was a gis i think but it was um again things like that pulling them all together mm. and like sharing the same things well can i just um, say that on my uh, on my personal website I have all of those links there for she maps, for get kids into survey, for all these different things so that if anybody ever wants to look, they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, cool. yeah. One stop. Great. And it's like with the podcast, you guys, Geoholics, you know, Mentoring Mondays, mm. um, the one that, Al- um, what's the name's doing, Marion's doing, I love surveying, even though it's a bit more building surveying. <laughs> The different, just all the podcasts related to what we're doing. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure there's mining ones and I'm sure there's hydrography ones. Well, I haven't heard many of those, but like there's there's um, Daniel, Daniel who does the, um, what's, I can't even think of what's that, that's called now. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, he does a, a geospatial type sort of one as well. Well, the, they're on my list. Mm. You want to go and listen to something, go and look, find them there. Here, I've given it all for you because it's all about just sharing what we we have, our knowledge and and just getting people to understand, you know, whether it's the spatial side or the surveying side. I don't know yeah. what you do. I don't really care about it. But I think um, two, the two subjects there, I mean, we've slightly gone off tangent a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sorry. Like, <laughs> uh, that, am I the one that's supposed to be actually reining it all in? <laughs> like getting kids into the profession you know yeah. building the marketing around that the, the brand awareness around that and then there's promoting the current profession yeah there's two there's two areas you know and you know bringing in different cultures and diversity and all that and growing that so there is mm. two elements to it um but I mean I think I think the good thing is we're still discussing it and I think it will snowball like what Kel said it will you know we are doing something yes we're talking about it a lot but we're still struggling to understand what we need to do and how we need to do it so I think mm. by more and more of us talking the it'll pull ideas together and suddenly it'll just go crazy and then everybody starts to know a little bit more yeah yeah I um yeah sorry about that I just went off on the tangent <laughs> <laughs> oh it's good it's good conversation it's you know the, the whole point of it it is. It is. Um, I mean, we know that there's so much that needs to be done and we kind of know how it needs to be done and all that sort of stuff. I just want to go back to um, talking about our what challenges, you know, we're kind of facing in the industry when it comes to a- attracting our females into the industry, um, how, we can, how we can get and whether it is through that marketing 
how we can get the story out there that it is a great industry. How do we how do we get it into them that this is not a male dominated industry anymore? That we are moving forward. That this is a job that you are capable of. Mm, well, it still is a male dominated industry. Yeah, but um, we're we're getting there. You know, yes, yeah, it is, but. Yeah. But does it really matter? No. Really? I think all you can do is say that it's a great, you know, we, we're enjoying it. You you lead by example. It's a good opportunity for anyone. Mm. Um, and, um, mm. you know, I don't know. I, like that, I, yeah, I think yeah. we've spoken before about just struggle um, with just being rah-rah, you know, the girls just come in for the numbers. It, it, it's more about um the people and the, the and the personalities mm. um and the opportunities available that that's and yeah it's a, it's a very challenging situation there's so many pieces to the puzzle um so mm. i just think we keep doing what we're doing yeah mm. kelly uh, <laughs> i think that you're 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 concerned about that article, aren't you, Peter? The article about the <laughs> construction look, industry. And I, know, I know. Look, that article was like 15, 15 girls. Yeah. You know, it was fifteen girls and talking about the construction industry. But I've been on the opposite end of conversations because my kids are at that age over the last few years where they ask what I do. And I say I'm a surveyor and they go, oh, you take surveys. No, no, no. I work in industry. I do this. I do that, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're one of those. Isn't that a boy's job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, 21, 21 and, you know, nearly 18, they're friends, they're girls, you know, girls in their groups and stuff that, uh, that say those things to me still. And it's like, yeah. no, it's not. How do we get it across there? You know, and as I said, I don't, I don't believe in numbers. I do not believe in numbers. I do believe that it's the best person for the job. But I also believe that our profession is very suited for us because we do think differently. Um, you know, if you're a problem solver, if you see things a little bit differently, it's a really great job. Yeah, I've had to lug equipment through fields and all this sort of stuff, but I've gone to some amazing places. I've done some amazing jobs. Um, you know, I wouldn't throw it away for the world. I, I love what I've been able to do in my career that I would love to see other, uh, other girls, other ladies to be able to experience that. And they just have that, still have that, oh, but that's a boy's job. Yeah, and that's what gets that's what gets me. You know, it's it's not that, that article. That article riled me, really riled me. <laughs> and as mm. I said to them, mm. but like that, just like I thought, that's really unfair. But the media doesn't help. Mm. But then you see, going back from a marketing perspective, Kelly, you were on about PR agency. Get all of the PR agency. We're, that's one of the thing that we're pushing at the moment from my side is actually with the GetKin survey and getting it into more publications about what's happening and getting a positive spin on it mm. because the media mm -hmm. are going to like go straight to the negative. Mm. They go straight to the negative. It's always a story here because it's like, oh, that's poo-poo the construction industry. You know, it's just like, um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like share, going back to them sharing them stories and that's what a good PR agency will do for you mm. is to share those stories and role models. It's building those role models into... Mm 
everybody's marketing like mainstream as well so you know when there's conversation on a current affair or you know the project or you know one of these nightly um shows Mm. that that has something to do with property then you know a surveyor and maybe a female surveyor if you want to go to that extent is interviewed and so that's you know so they're front of mind so all of a sudden they become normal um and that's that's the sort of pr that we're looking maybe you know considering um so it just mm-hmm. becomes oh a surveyor almost like the I don't know whether you remember the chartered accountants ads where it's sort of you know really impressive beautiful ads talking about how cool it was to be a chartered accountant <laughs> uh, and it was really really successful um you know doing something like that for surveyors I mean Michelle is so keen to get a surveyor on you know um the, oh, the great race up? Yeah, no, no, the great the great race, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. What's that the, one? Do they go around the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah get us a, 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 a yeah a couple of surveyors there, or even mm. you know um, something. She was talking about Love <laughs> Island or something. Like, like, <laughs> oh no, God, really bad. <laughs> you know, talking. Oh my gosh, no, that's that's a little too far. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me if she'd try to do that. <laughs> Oh, so just just to bring it back, Peter, and, and I guess actually answer answer the question that you've asked. What can <laughs> we do? Yeah, <laughs> I do think it is that two pronged approach. Yeah, where yeah, it's the good news stories and the role modelling, mm. and it's the good news disrupting the bias that already exists in the society. Okay, so you've got to have the good news to portray the image the way we want yep. it. And then it's that second layer of, okay, we know this systemic bias or mm-hmm. or this idea of our industry exists. How do we disrupt that each and every day in the moment when you are asked that question by an 18-year-old? Mm-hmm. Oh, but isn't that just for girls or something like that? Mm-hmm. So we need to train enough people that they can disrupt that bias each and every day when it appears because the research has shown that it needs to be interrupted in the moment Mm -hmm. to be most impactful and you can do it respectfully and you can do it without a huge amount of fuss like you don't have to make a really big deal out of it but you just disrupt it gently Mm -hmm. respectfully in the moment and then move on and let the good news stories tell the story from there so so to be able to do that Kel um do you think we need to help support the women that are already in the industry to help. Um, like I know, you know, we talk about mentors and all that kind of stuff, but actually have something where we can be supporting them to feel that they are confident enough to actually say something because quite often they're not confident enough to say something. Yep. You know, oh, I would, but, you know. Women as well, so <laughs> we put our foots down. Yeah, but, I mean, I I think in the past, in my early twenties, I was scared to death to come mm. out and say something mm. like post mm. posting a poll on LinkedIn. I mean, the last poll just went nuts about the, yeah. the pricing. You know, yeah. should surveyors the pricing? Whoa, boom! You know, it's just like mm. I didn't give a shit. I, I I really honestly want to see what people say. Yeah, you know, but, but yeah, we're at that age where it. we don't anymore. Yeah. So how do, what can we do or can we support them in a way or can we come up with something 
that helps support them so that they know how to say it, how they know what yeah. to do to deal in, to, in these situations, you know. Is that something I can come up with, with support yeah. of, of, you know, of other ladies of how you would deal with this thing? I'd be quite happy to host a host something that helps support them. So so there's a couple of ways we we can do it and you can role model this. So, for instance, I have had a situation where there was something mentioned in a meeting and I said, oh, that's not how we need to speak. Let's change our vernacular. And that was all I did and that was accepted and we moved on in the meeting. Mm -hmm. So you can role model that in the meeting um, and you can also um, do unconscious bias awareness training so that you actually know what the unconscious bias is and if you start to um, think about it and it's in the front of your mind when you're in a situation you can interrupt it as you go and if if you know to look out for it you can interrupt it as you go along and the triple sdln and triple si did a really good webinar um, back in February, where we mm-hmm. talked about unconscious bias, and we did talk about some strategies to interrupt it in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And but- James Johnson also shared some really good strategies for for men to support this in the workplace as well. Yeah, yeah. But can I just go back to um, what you know? You're doing a a, a webinar or whatever it is. Um, I know that there is a lot of surveyors out there that do not attend any of these types of things. That it's usually the the higher people up within the companies that are doing the webinars, doing the conferences, doing all of these type of things because everybody else is out in the field working Mm. and it's not getting passed down. They're not, you know, I know that there is some companies that do, do do things to try and support and help and guide and all that kind of stuff. That does happen, um, but there is a lot of companies that don't. You know, I, I've got friends who are out in the field from they're leaving home at 6 o'clock in the morning, they're getting home at 6 o'clock at night, you know, feeding their kids, putting them to bed, then doing all of their calculations and then going out the next day mm. with no, you know, the only thing they're getting heard from from their their um from their bosses, from their management is, oh, you've got to be here and you've got five jobs to do today and da 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 There's nothing about, you know, professional development. Have you got any issues? Do you know how to handle things if some, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, once again, so many layers, isn't there? They need to leave. <laughs> I've said, I have said, um, believe me, I've said that. Balance. And mm-hmm. I, I think there are many companies that, the tone starts at the top. I mean, you know, yeah. and that should, um, yeah, and that's where I, I mean in terms of leading by example. Yeah. So you've got to um, do that and it, it's, it is going to take time. Yeah. Um, and as Kelly said, it's a multi-layered um, marketing campaign basically. Mm. Um, so, I mean, they, they shouldn't put up with that. They just let their feet do the walking or talking. I mean, yeah, that yeah, is. yeah. No, I, I agree. And yeah, I, I, I've said, I, I've said it before as well. Um, but you know, there's, there's, 
people in, in, in different companies that are still like that. Oh. Which. There's a skill shortage. Like you get a job anyway. <laughs> I know. I know. I've yeah. said that. Um, so going, sorry, Kelly, going back to that, what you were saying, um, the unconscious bias talk that you did, that was through Triple SI. Um, and so was there a lot of people that went to, was that an online sort of one? Yeah, that was an online webinar, just an hour, an yeah. hour session there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And did they give you, like, did they give them tools to, to go away with or, or it was just sort of, you know, I'll look at these things. I should have yeah. gone to it. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it was a conversation with four panellists and mm-hmm. two hosts. So the panellists gave um, story, told stories about how to interrupt bias and told stories about what has worked for them in business uh-huh. and um, what their lessons learned have been. Yeah. And was, a, was there a lot of people that went to it? I mean, I don't go to a lot of those types of things. So, um, you know, once, once again, it's not something that I'm I'm privy to most of the time and, and most of the working surveyors aren't privy to, really. Yeah, I can't remember how many people were online, yeah. but it is available for free to download from Triple S website. So you can go back to it and mm-hmm. um, access it. Yeah. And that's why I promote it. And that was one of the key things that I really wanted when Triple S DLN agreed to do it with Triple SI was that mm-hmm. it be freely available for everybody yep. to access anytime so that it's just constant learning that people can do when in their own time, you know, like listening to a podcast, they can yes. they can do it wherever, whenever they want to. Brilliant. Um, and and it's a resource. It becomes yeah. a resource yeah. for us to improve. You know, Elaine yeah. was talking about the step change that we need to make. This is one of those resources that mm-hmm. we have to utilise to make that step change. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's what I like to see is that there these sort of things are made available and that people can access them when they need to because I think that's what we need to do is 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 make things available and that they can look at them when they want to and know, but knowing that they're there. Mm. You know, a, a lot of techies aren't part of the triple SI, mm. aren't part of the association. Well, their company might be part of the association, but they really have nothing to do with the association and they're not part of the institutions. Mm. They really have nothing mm. and they don't, they don't know that this stuff is available to them. And that's what I want to get out there, that there is stuff out there to support you and help you and, mm and stuff as well so Mm. Mm. just shared that women in geospatial network Mm -hmm. um i know kelly you just put um that you're a speaker on it but i think maybe we need to tap in with those guys a bit more Mm -hmm. um see what we can do with them because they they do a lot you see a lot happening and i know i've bumped into a few people at geobusiness them speaking and stuff like that but it's like again how do we grow that and then their slack network is massive so I'm on their Slack channel. I don't know if any of you guys are on their Slack channel. Yeah. And that's really good um, communication. But it, I mean, it does go back to the same sort of folks again who are who are communicating and sharing. But I think it's just trying to, you know, tap into that resource. It's there. Let's let's capitalize on it. Yeah, for sure. And I think going back to what I just sort of said is how do we get these people and whether it is male or female, knowing that there's this stuff out there to support them. 
So I think that's something I need to think about as well is, is, is getting into that lower, the lower level into the techies to say, okay, that there is stuff out there for you. It's not just all about work and, mm. and, and there are these. Mm. Mm. I don't know. It's so, I don't know what, how you find it, but I'm just so busy. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, only so much that we can do. And I know that <laughs> sounds negative and maybe it's because it's a, a Monday night. <laughs> but, you know, the, the challenges are that where if you're, a, you're working, you've mm-hmm. got children, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, you've got family, you've got friends. Like I know it. Like, but, yeah, so it's really hard. Um, so you've sort of got to, and I get why people don't put their hand up. Yeah. Um, don't, you know, because they're just surviving almost a little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's hard for working women in particular. Um, you know, that's I, I find that challenging. Um, so there's only so much you can sort of do. So, you know, you tend to gravitate towards the, the industry body or the professional body that, you know, you're more like-minded with and, and so mm. you just stay there, I suppose, you know, when you're saying why, why you know, are there so many silos? I, I don't know. Um, yeah. So. Going back to if everybody just does one little thing, you don't yeah. have to be. Because people say to me about, oh, you know, I'd like to be a brand ambassador for Get Kids. You know, what's involved, you know? Yeah. And I might like a post on Get Kids and Survey, yeah. share something about the profession, mm. you know, or you go right into schools and do a presentation. It doesn't yeah. matter. As long as if every single person does a little bit, yeah, it's massive. I mean, the, did you see that article the other day that there's, uh, is it um, the Johnny Depp case? I think it was the um, Love Johnny Depp or Support Johnny Depp. It's had oh. the hashtag on TikTok's had 19 billion views. 19 mm. billion. There's only what? 8 billion in the world? 7.5 oh. billion in the world? So if if you cut that in half and say there's 3 billion people had seen that, that how many that's three billion have watched it three or four times. They've looked at that hashtag three or four times. I couldn't believe it when I saw the stat on the newspaper. Oh, isn't that like is that right? 19 billion? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that says a lot about our community. It, well, it does. That's a bit sad. <laughs> mm, mm. Oh. It, it does. It does. Uh, okay. So um w- one other thing I kind of wanted to touch on was um we did talk about the support that we've had coming through um, and giving some guidance to the men out there who want to support but don't know how. And I think that um, sometimes they can see things happening but don't know what to say or don't know how to support a female colleague in the workforce, um, how, how to be inclusive. And I, I don't know, I guess I suppose that comes down to also how, how people speak up with their unconscious bias and all that sort of stuff you're talking about as well, Carol, but it's, so it's also about how, what, what can we give the males to help support the females in the industry? Mm. That's hard to answer. I know it's hard. Treat, treat us as you would treat anyone else. Like I, I don't know. I just find it. Uh, that's challenging. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I, 
Quite a lot of the guys have said to me that they're scared to sometimes say because they might say it incorrectly. Yeah. And I'm like, but when I was younger, it didn't really matter if you were <laughs> correct or not. You used to just say it to me. Mm. And that never used to bother me. And no, I think I, maybe I we've gone back to like, where it's politically correct. Yeah, yeah, not that sensitive. Like, um, and I suppose I've just got the confidence to speak up if something makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, mm. Um, so it's almost like, um, yeah, I mean, look, you're going to come across men that just don't realise what they're saying can be offensive or, um, but, you know, you're always going to have that. But less and less at the moment, well, I think. But oh, uh, Yeah, I think it's less yeah. and less as well, but I still yeah. see it. I still say it and it's like, a, how do you say, like, for me, it's like I want to say something. I need to say it tactfully because I don't. I don't find it offensive, but I know that younger people coming through are going to find it offensive. How can I get them to see that they need to just change their words slightly or do something slightly different? Um, or mm-hmm. Even just the smallest things of like, you know, um, praising someone in front of people um, and making them feel good or I don't know there's just all these things there's just all these little things that I kind of think about that I'm sure that the guys out there are so afraid to say something or don't know how to do it because they are worried about offending yeah I think a lot of them are being politically correct and I'm like Mm. Yeah, I don't think I'm always I mean, politically correct. For for me, I think the for me for the biggest thing is is as you know, I think you kind of said, Kel, is um treating everybody the same. We're yeah. all human beings. Um and but also for us not to be super sensitive and just mm-hmm. have the confidence to say, oh that look that that was just inappropriate or laugh. Like I, I use humor a little bit and like mm-hmm. not sweat the small stuff, you know. So it's like, oh, you know, would you say that to your daughter or you know? Yes. <laughs> so, like just sort of yeah. Um I mean I have had other ladies that real get really uptight mm. about certain things and I Oh, maybe it's just as you get older, um, yeah, you realise that it's, you know, you've just got to have the confidence to step up and, and speak out. Um, and, yeah. yeah, I don't know how to answer that. that that's what I struggle with because yeah. I actually haven't had that sort of experience apart from the, yeah, the call out on the, you know, job site. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah, <laughs> love, come and measure this, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, you know, I, yeah, I haven't you got get, any small enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, was... when you go past the construction site, and it I just like, well, yeah, woo, whatever. So having done a little bit of research on unconscious bias, and I'm certainly not an expert like, you know, some people are, but just having done a little research, we are all human, so we do all have bias. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said, oh, just treat us the same, but, you know, the essence of bias is that, you know, people have a natural bias so they can't treat you the same. Yes. <laughs> 
So okay. I, and uh, and for okay. someone, someone's same is going to be different to the yes, other true. Same exactly. Because exactly. of, you know, how they've been raised mm-hmm. or the relationships they've had or whatever. That's why I think you can't sweat the small stuff and you can't, yep. you've just got to get on with it and, um, and, you know, speak up when you feel uncomfortable but let other stuff slide and just mm-hmm. just um, let let your actions speak louder um, and just get on with it. That I think I don't know. That's how you, I've approached. Yeah. It. No, I agree with you totally. And do you think that um, the confidence thing, you know, speaking up, does does just come with age mostly? You know, you've I think got it these... comes with awareness mm-hmm. about what you're speaking up about and a really mm-hmm. good knowledge of where you stand mm-hmm. on an item. So, you know, mm. where where you draw the line. And the the thing that I like to talk about is the standard you walk past is the standard that you accept. And I talk yep. about that when I talk about safety and I talk about that when I talk about psychological safety and health and well-being and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So I really do think that the 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 standard you walk past or the or the comment that you let slide in the meeting um, or in the workplace is the standard that you walk past. And um, I've been in situations where I have let things slide and then I've really come back to myself later and I've said, actually, I shouldn't have let that slide. That was yep. not okay. And it was fine by me, but I know it really affected another person. Yeah. who I should have stood up for. Mm. Um, and that's that's what I think we need to be really good at and know where we stand and know where our business stands and know where mm. the line is with respect right. to safety at work um, and all of those issues because we can call it out respectfully. Yeah. Yeah, just putting up with it is not a solution. I get that. And see, yep. that's something like I'm I'm a people pleaser. So the more you get to know yourself, the more you <laughs> understand that I've actually got an internal bias too. And I'm I'm, you know, got a I've accepted some things along the way that maybe I, I shouldn't have as well. So I, I get that. Yeah. So you're learning, you know, like I'm in the, I'm 52 now, you know, like I'm still learning how to how to manage the mm. Yeah, that my expectations and, um, yeah, so it, it's a journey, as they say. <laughs> it is, it is a, journey, yeah. yeah, it is a journey. And do you think that, like, the confidence that people get, you know, well, I think we get it as we get older mm. and whether it's, it's the confidence or we don't care about what other people think anymore or we just say it, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I, I read a thing about, you know, um, needing to have the, the five C's of your courage, your commitment, communication, confidence, creativity, you know, all those sorts of things um, of, of being able to succeed. And how do we build that into people? Not, I mean, I'm not even just women, into people. I see, you know, young males out there that don't have some of those those yeah. attributes either that uh, you know for, for me you know I, I want to see everybody succeed so I'll do whatever I can but um how do we get them to 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 take those steps to believe in themselves and that they can do things and that they you know oh, I don't know am I just babbling now <laughs> possibly 
but it does come from your upbringing, <laughs> don't you think? Like, you know, um, yeah, it's it's like having that can-do attitude, isn't it? And growing up, you know, same with Elaine, mm. my father was all, you know, you can do anything and off you go. And mm. so I was grown, uh, you know, brought up like that and I'm hopefully passing that on to my daughter and my son as well. Mm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of from where you've come from, it is really important as, you know, having that support is great. But, yeah, yeah. it's tough tough thing to to achieve not everyone's going to have it no true kelly have you got anything to say yeah i think that growth (laughs) mindset is really really important and i would hope that you know everyone continues to learn as as they Mm. get older and um i i think you started this little part of the conversation asking what what we would say to the men um, who have supported us and who continue to support us um, as we work with them is that, you know, even if you get it wrong, you, you, even if you do say something that's not quite as you intended it, it's an opportunity for learning. And mm-hmm. um, the way that, you know, if you do get called out for having a bias, and I have been called out at work as well, and mm-hmm. I said, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry I didn't intend it that way. Yeah. If you do get called out for it, it's if we don't think you're an absolutely horrible person. It's mm-hmm. just that, you know, we recognise that you're a human and we're all humans and we're in this together and we are working together to to be better at this and to continue that learning. So. That's mm. what I would say to men. Sup- support us as you always have done. And mm. um, we don't always all get it right all the time. And we're here together on a journey to to learn more about how to work together. Mm. Mm. That's so well said. Um, I, I, the, the journey thing and educating, learning, asking questions, accepting that you, know, you may have said something wrong and learn from it. I think that's probably the biggest thing, isn't it, really? Mm. Mm. Elaine, have you got anything else to say? No, I think I've said enough. <laughs> oh, my God, have you got <laughs> nothing to say? <laughs> I know. I've stumped her. I could go on. This is a first. <laughs> well, we might. I think we've tapped on some good topics. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know, it's, it, we're on a journey. And we I are. think not be disheartened that we're just talking about it. No. Stuff's happening. I think we just need to keep pulling them together and bringing mm. it into a hub, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. thank you, ladies, for coming on and having a chat with me tonight. I didn't know where I, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to talk about or where it was going to go, and um, I think we did okay. Yeah, it's great. I think. Great. <laughs> no, it's good. Always good to chat. <laughs> <laughs> If anything, <laughs> exactly. Mm, yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Well, there was definitely some interesting topics discussed tonight. I hope you found some value in what we talked about. Uh, things that might make you think twice about what's happening in your company or how you can help or support somebody and things that you may be able to do moving forward to support our industry in general. Thanks for joining me. Stay tuned in a fortnight for another great episode of Defining Boundaries. Defining Boundaries. 
with Peter Cox. Mm-hmm.